Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, Athletes Made Here. The Sports Performance Center was developed with one goal in mind, to maximize human performance through movement and recovery. Their team of expert performance sports coaches and trainers will guide you to achieve your performance goals. That's the Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, located at the Star in Frisco. This episode is also brought to you by Allen Dental Studio, located off Bethany drive in Allen. Their office was designed with you, the patient, in mind, which means an excellent and enjoyable experience. From cosmetics to implants, you deserve a perfect smile, and Allen Dental Studio can make that happen. Also, don't want to leave out another longtime friend of the podcast, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. With locations in Carrollton and Dallas, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes offers an affordable, high-quality alternative to senior living. Call now at 469-400-7650. That's Texen, spelled T-E-X-S-E-N, Texen Senior Residential Care Homes. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Kendrick Johnson, Devin Hassan, Taylor Raglan, and Brian Murphy. That's right, the whole gang is here for the first time since, I guess, the uh, the infant days of the podcast, back when we used to gather in our conference room back there and just shoot the bull for... Uh, <laughs> You know, for over basically an hour or so, but um, nevertheless, yes, we're gonna get the entire group at the uh, at the round table, and we'll see how we can make this work. Hopefully, it doesn't look too congested on the uh, on the screen. So, uh, I did call everyone here though because today's subject is one that concerns everybody, and this is uh, we're going to revisit our preseason predictions from over the summer. So, if you listen to any of our district preview podcasts from over the summer when we went district by district, we always ended each podcast by laying out our preliminary four teams that we thought were going to make the playoffs from each district. Of course, mentioning that we. Reserve the right to change once we actually get to see these teams in action and get you know a, uh, something of a sample size to work with. Well, uh, we're three weeks into the season, and for a lot of our districts, at least at the 6A level, the non-district uh, portion of the schedule is concluded. So uh, the real uh, the real games begin fairly soon. So uh, in keeping with that, let's um let's do this, guys. Let's revisit our preseason predictions and see um if how much has changed in three weeks' time. Have there, are there any teams that we uh, maybe expected a bit too much from that have been a little bit slower out of the gates? Any teams that maybe are a little down on in the offseason that have really just come out of nowhere to begin the year? Um, so let's go. Yeah, we're going to talk of our, our four 6A districts for the, this episode. And then next week on Monday, we will do 5A. So let's um, let's just get the big one out of the way. All right, let's do 9-6A, one that pertains to the you know four of the five of us here. So, uh, you know, Devin, you can catch I'll your breath for a bit. <laughs> so uh, Taylor, Brian, Kendrick, myself. So I did go through, guys. I went through and listened back to the episodes. And I do have, uh, I did write down everybody's pre season predictions so I will uh, I will read them off and then we can just kind of just discuss what we've uh, what we've seen so far and what we would change if anything within these uh, these predictions so um, I'll start with me I had uh, Allen Prosper Boyd and Plano if you remember I was a bit higher on McKinney 
Boyd than most heading into the season with um, just with the uh, the hiring of, of Joe McBride and then some of the impact transfers that they had coming into the year. Boyd, a team that you know has missed the playoffs for a few years now, thought they were a real big bounce back candidate. Obviously, still plenty of time for that to happen, but um, nevertheless, that's where I was at heading into the season. Taylor, you had Allen, Prosper, McKinney, and Plano as your top four. Brian, you had Allen, Prosper, Plano, and McKinney Boyd as your top four. And Kendrick, you had Allen, McKinney, Prosper, and Plano as your top four. So when you guys think about that now, how do we feel about that stuff now at this juncture of the season? Terrible. (laughs) Whoever wins out of Boyd and McKinney is going to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the swing game. Whoever wins that game is going to gonna get get it get a get a spot. I think I we feel comfortable about the top three. I feel comfortable about Allen, Prosper, and McKinney, but that fourth spot's gonna be a swing mm-hmm. spot. I think this is really indicative of I mean I know we couched all these predictions with, you know, let's also see how the non district yeah. <laughs> non district goes, but this year in particular, you know, I'm I'm a complete one eighty on a lot of teams. Um, you know, Plano I was really high on. I thought that Tylen Hines and, and Cody Chris combined with some consistency at quarterback was going to be kind of a big deal. And they picked it up a little bit, certainly. I mean, Rowlett, They are 2-1 after all. Yeah, I mean, they are 2-1. Rowlett, you know, not the biggest test, but the offense did show up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, you know, outside of Allen and, and Prosper, who's really, I think, shown the most, even though most of us had him as the second best team, I think Prosper's really kind of reaffirmed that... Especially after last week. That it's not going anywhere, especially after that one over flower round. Then outside of that... I have Jesuit as my third best team in yeah. 9-6-A right now. I think Jesuit's shown really well. Um, you know, they've beaten the teams they were supposed to beat, I, I feel like, as far as Wiley. But they've also had a really tough uh, schedule. Arlington, no slouch. And then DeSoto, that game was competitive, you know, for a long time. And I think without E.J. Smith. Uh, yes, E.J. Smith missed two of their first three games. Yeah. He, made oh, a, yeah. He, made, yeah. he made a season debut last week against yeah. Wiley. Wasn't even used that much. He only touched the ball ten times. Yeah. But they still won that game going so away. I, so. I think as soon as he's really healthy and kind of in the swing of things, which, you know, should be the case now the district's starting, I think Jesuit is – you know, it's weird because they get off our radar sometimes because we don't officially cover them, even yeah. though they're in the district. I think this is one that you know we definitely missed coming into the year, and I'm I'm not going to miss it again. I, I think, think I think partly though it was because we were so high on them last year yeah. because they because <laughs> yeah. of the EJ Smith factor and yeah. just their consistency over the years. And then they, uh, I mean, yeah, they finished second yeah. to last last year and was uh, just yeah. weren't able to, to kind of match the hype because they were kind of the consensus pick among media outlets as being yeah. the second best team in that district. Yeah. Um, with yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the same page as far as Allen and Prosper go. With Allen, like I, it's, they're three and zero. They've had, you know, the they. I guess as far as just sheer resume goes, the toughest of the uh, yeah. the toughest schedule of the uh, of the eight teams in the district with Cedar Hill, Dickinson, and then last week against uh, against Capel. There are two things though, just to talk about Allen for a little bit. There's two things that have kind of stuck out on the kind of the negative side mm-hmm. with Allen. As nice as this three and zero start has been, as far as just issues to kind of monitor with them going forward, and that is turnover margin and then big plays allowed in the passing game. Now turnover margin now with Allen, it's typically a program that you associate with being very, very efficient and taking care of the football, things that obviously that staff prides, you know, kind of prides their program on. Allen is a minus five for the season in turnover margin through three games. They've com- yeah, they committed three turnovers against Cedar Hill, committed two against Dickinson, they committed four last week against uh, against Capel. Now, the caveat to that Capel game was quarterback Raylan Sharp didn't play. He was held out as a precaution 
precautionary reason for an ankle injury and whatnot, um, and they just had a really, really tough time protecting the football, and it almost cost them the game. They needed a late touchdown from Selden Manning to escape a, a, a narrow, narrow margin. 28-21 uh, to 21 was the final against a Capel team that has been a little bit up and down to begin the year. Um, but yes, Allen has had a really tough time protecting the football, even at full strength, <coughs> to begin the season. And also, they have been consistently hurt by big plays through the air. I went back and checked their first three games. The leading receiver on the opposing team, and here are their stat lines. Cedar Hill, Cameron Hutchings, four catches, 114 yards. Dickinson, Daryl Harris, five catches, 112 yards. Capel, Anthony Black, three catches, 108 yards. So they are uh, just something to monitor kind of going forward is that Allen is is consistently getting beat deep by uh, you know by the opposing team's number one wide receiver. Which I mean, when you just you look at the uh, at the wideouts you know available at the in nine six a you know you think of Kareem Coleman with McKinney Boyd, a guy who's known for making plenty of big plays deep. I guess a player like Tyler Bailey now with Prosper with I mean just the, hmm. the weapon that he's become. And a new name Isaiah Rojas from McKinney. Mm-hmm. He's got four hundred seventeen yards and six tubs in three games. So something that uh, Allen's have to clean up at the very least you know when you think of playoffs and you know with what uh, what Rockwell has cooking and the fact that uh, maybe the best overall player in the state in Jackson Smith and Jigba and just the nightmares that he can cause for a defense and just something to monitor on the Allen side of things because 3-0 starts impressive Um, certainly the way that they were able to take care of business against Cedar Hill and Dickinson both state ranked that's pretty impressive in its own right but still they still have a ways to go let's talk about PISD before we move on because I I mean I I, that's gonna I I got into Plano as you know, mm. kind of one of my picks to make playoffs. Mm. I'm I'm off I'm off PISD. I think in general, You're throwing in the, the towel season. I is yeah. from what I've seen through three weeks of non district play. <coughs> I don't think that PISD makes the postseason. I think, like Kendrick said, I think that four spot. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, you know, we're making our predictions. Yeah, big spoiler. But you know, I have you know Allen Prosper Jesuit. Probably winner of the Crosstown Showdown mm-hmm. as number four, either McKinney or Board, uh, depending on. I'm with y'all, Coach. McKinney's getting there. I think I just. So they're beating that. Boyd then? Huh? You get to getting both of them? It's too early, but Kendrick, I drank that McKinney game. Boyd Kool Aid for the first three weeks, and now you're hopping off the bandwagon after <laughs> three tough weeks. But anyway, I was going to win Crosstown. That's PISD. I. I'm not confident that, that that there's a playoff team mm-hmm. among the three. I don't know how. I don't know if you're ready to say that as yeah. well, but it sounds because like that's it. been the that has been the uh, at least within uh, within nine six eight circles one of the uh, the subplots of the early uh, early early season. That is, could this be the first time in its history that all three Plano ISD schools miss the playoffs? Yes. Plano East is zero and three after non district. Plano mm-hmm. West is zero and three. Plano uh, is two and one. Um, they did get their heads kicked in by Hebron, and then the performance against Eastwood was a little up and down. Now that was a strange game just because of all the external circumstances. Um, they did look, you know, much better against Rowlett in a game that I, you know, history says that game's you know going to be pretty close. And then Plano had one of its honestly one of its best offensive yeah. showings in in a long time. First time since uh, second time I should say since 2011 that they scored over 50 points. And then you couple that with them scoring 40 uh, 43 against Eastwood. This is the first time since 2008 that they've scored 40 plus in back to back games. They have talent at the skill positions. Yeah. Don't want to completely write that. No. And it's not just the running backs. Nolan Williams, Jaden Chambers have been some pretty impressive big play threats at the receiving game. And uh, Oliver Towns is getting more and more comfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got seven total touchdowns over the last two games. The big thing with Plano is that they are really young up front. And mm-hmm. that's kind of been as, you know, as that offensive line goes, the entire yeah. offense kind of goes. Because if they have time, if Oliver Towns has time in the pocket, then they can make things happen. They're a bit more dynamic in those areas than they have been in years past. So I don't want to completely no. throw in the towel on them all together, but as I sit right here now and I outline my four teams 
prior to this who I think are going to get in, and I don't have a Plano ISD yeah. team in there. I mean, it, it would not shock me, you know, if we're sitting here November 8th or whenever the last game is mm -hmm. and Plano beats somebody and ends up with the four seed. It, it wouldn't shock me because things like that have happened before. Yeah. Teams have grown. You know, it, it wouldn't be, you know, just, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. But, you know, initial impressions, they all look down. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's possible. I mean, wins are wins. Two, being 2-1 two and one is being 2-1, and one, but that's about as soft a 2-1, a and one, I think, as you'll find. Yeah, we don't, again, like, we don't know what to make of Rowlett just, just yet, just because they did have a really, really tough start to the yeah. year with Prosper and Rockwall, um, you know, and, and with Plano, again, it's, it's a team that still looks a little young and they're still trying yeah. to work through, work through some things, but, I mean, so is Plano in some ways. But nevertheless, so, yes, I have Allen and Prosper. I'm full. I'm all in on yep. Prosper as being the second-best team in the district. I think it's a pretty decided margin at that. Yeah. Prosper and Allen, they don't play it till November 1st, second to last game of the year. But if they were to play this Friday and Raylan Sharp was injured, does Prosper win that game? I mean, they struggled against Coppell. Yeah, I guarantee well, if, they, well, if, they, if, they, if they turn the ball over four times, they will. That's oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah. they almost lost to Coppell. And Coppell is not Coppell right now. Can, 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 uh, can Prosper swing on the bully? Because nobody swings on the bully. I mean, they That's swung on a bully last week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about in this district. They, the bully on last week. they swung yeah. on a district champion last week and looked pretty great doing it. I mean, that's that's not dismissed uh, just how impressive that performance against Flower Mound was because none of us saw that coming, or at least uh, most of us didn't see it coming. Um, nevertheless, though, uh, yeah, Prosper has looked great. Like I guess I mentioned earlier, the emergence of Tyler Bailey, who you mentioned him coming in the year. It's like he could be in a candidate to play quarterback, mm -hmm. you know, depending on where they're at with Jackson uh, with Jackson Berry. Um, well, he's been their, he was their leader leading rusher in the second week against Timber Creek. He was their leading receiver last week against Flower Mound. This kid can do everything, apparently. He's just a sophomore, too. I mean, a sophomore. He had 10 catches, 109. Yeah. I saw one of his touchdowns on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, one of the, you know, some, someone tweeted out the Twitter highlights. And, man, Tyler Bailey, I'm glad they found a way to use him, you know, because it was between him and Jackson Berry heading into the year who would be um, the quarterback there. But Jackson Berry, man, he looks like he's he, he's taking over that role nicely mm -hmm. from Keegan Shoemaker. Man, that offense is rolling. Yeah. Um, and then you look at their defense, which, let's see, I have it written down. They haven't allowed a running back to rush for more than 50 yards yet this season. That includes Pierce Hudgens, who was one of the best running backs in the area last season. So, yes, Prosper looks awesome so far. That segue, that run game, that run defense will be contested this week okay. against McKinney. As Lamario Ransom, he's a sophomore for McKinney. Mm -hmm. He's got 506 yards. He's like second or third in 6A um, in the area. He's putting about 150 in a touchdown a game. But the thing about McKinney is their offense is undercover explosive as they put up 48, and um, last week I think they put up uh, 43 back-to-back -back weeks. Oh, yeah. Samson Narcos, as you go into the game, got to keep up with him. Sophomore quarterback, he's legit. Little bitty guy, but he's very accurate. This will be this will be a nice litmus test for McKinney because you look at just the again, your non-district competition is all relative. They don't all play the same caliber of competition and whatnot. And their wins were over their wins were over um, Irving MacArthur, Richardson Pierce, and they almost came back to beat McKinney North. But I, I think it's fair to say that of those three, they have not played in exact like an upper echelon defense yet. No, but, but the thing about McKinney is they get better each week, mm -hmm. just like they did last year. So far, I'm seeing the same thing. And last year, their ceiling was I was like I, I thought they won a game this year. And they they end up going to the playoffs. They have a way higher of a uh, floor to start with this year and they're going to this district and the confidence and the swag, mm -hmm. the, the WAWG that, that Coach Shavers don't preach, that I'm, I'm expecting big things from the Lions, barring injuries. But you've penciled them in. They're still in the playoffs so, in your uh, eyes. I'm, I'm not shaking. I'm not like my man over here. You had, them over, you had them over Prosper initially. I do want to ask that. Like, Do you still think that's, they could be the second-best team in the district? or is? We'll find out Friday night. <laughs> Prosper wins by 
three touchdowns. I'll be there. I'll be there. I don't know I, how I, you I, do I, that. I'll be there. Come find me. I'll be there. The Brazilian dude in the press box. So, so yeah. You think it's going to be at 30 points? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. It was 36-0 like over Flower Mound. McKinney's not the Miami Dolphins, bro. Mm-hmm. They're, They're not Flower Mound either. Flower. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, if, if they prove it Friday, then they prove it great. But, you know, going into this game, I don't know how you can. <laughs> Is that caveat know. or not? He's no, like, no. Like, I, I think <laughs> I'm on the record <laughs> thinking McKinney get. I think they will be. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm on the record saying McKinney's going to lose by three or four scores, and I don't think it's ever going to be close. But. Mm-hmm. You know, if had more power to them, they go out and you know put that on the bulletin board and, and be competitive, whatever. But I also just like Rylan Kendrick up on the top. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, they watch what we're saying. They're like, I guarantee oh, I you, Coach Shavers then will be playing this. I, in the I'm not hiding. Good, <laughs> good. good. Uh, all right, have your face. I'll be the first. Hey, I'll I'll out of I'm always the first to admit it. The next sure week, to too. One too. If y'all if y'all go out and beat Prosper, hey, I'll admit it next week. I was yeah. wrong, but for right now, I think y'all lose by three or four touchdowns. That's one team that we had um, among our four, at least two of us had them in the playoffs, and that was McKinney Boyd, as far as a potential bounce back candidate. I was said I was, you know, at the at the forefront of the McKinney Boyd bandwagon uh, when we were doing our district preview podcast. They've given me a little bit of, I mean, it was granted, yes, it was a risky take at the time, just because Boyd had yet to really prove much. It just looked nice on paper, and there was a lot of, you know, a lot of encouraging evidence that they could be much better than they have been in these last few years. There is one thing about Boyd that has, you know, kind of worried me a little. bit bit these first three weeks. I feel like that offense is a little bit too reliant on the big play. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very young. Uh, Carter Winfield, he's, he's got five touchdowns, but he's got four picks. At the end of the day, he's a very talented sophomore, so you got to take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. But in this district, as you know, you can't have too much bad and get away with it. Because it's almost, I would say, yeah, to be elite, to be elite in this district, you got to put up 35 points mm-hmm. or more a game. Yeah. And I'm uh, so far, I'm not seeing evidence that boy can do that week in, week out. They can go up and pop up on you. They can pop up on a Plano or a Jesuit and put up 30, mm-hmm. 40 points and beat them. But I, I, I haven't seen them doing it week to week this year. They're built for the future. They're a more team that's trending. Like this time next year, I'll probably be different. But as of today, I don't see them consistently putting up the points you need to in the process, it's so tough to say that because <laughs> what would we be saying though if they had played the three teams that were on McKinney's schedule? Like, what if they played the McKinney North defense? Yeah. Followed by Irving MacArthur, followed by Pierce. I mean, it's fair to say that, I mean, you know, Boyd's three games, you know, Naaman Forrest was what it was, but then they played Marcus and Louisville, two teams that I think we have as playoff teams mm-hmm. out of 6A, and, um, you know, teams that are, you know, a bit more indicative of kind of the level of competition they'll see at this district. But I'm um, here, right, Devin? <laughs> <laughs> Hanging in there. Um, with Boyd, though, uh, let's see. They've scored 11 touchdowns total this season, and I did the math. Uh, seven of them have been on a play for more than 50 yards. And within that, they did have a pick six and whatnot, so they did have 10 offensive touchdowns. Within those 10 uh, touchdown drives, eight of them featured a play of at least 45 yards, and the other two drives began inside the opponent's 25-yard line. Hmm. So every, pretty much every time that they've scored, it's been on a big play, essentially, or set up by a big play. They have not shown the ability to, uh, you know, that they can, that they can sustain. They, they, they get a lot of penalties, and mm-hmm. uh, it's like they're one of those teams, if, you, if you're watching tape on there, you're probably like, 
they're young, they're going to make a mistake. Yeah. And all those mistakes are young mistakes, but then they have mistakes that get you beat. And that just does worry me a little bit because I just don't know how far you can get with I mean, they have the talent, obviously, to make those big plays happen, but if that is your, what, they, what to this point at least, has been their sole means of finding the end zone is needing one of those plays to, you know, to, to come about. It's just tough to do against, you know, when you face smarter, more talented defenses than what they've, I don't think what they saw in week else. one. So far, but I think they. I'm almost put money that they're gonna pop up on somebody because, at the, on the flip side, like the Fly My Marcus, the three years I covered them, the boy program lays down. Mm-hmm. They didn't lay down and could have won the game. So little stuff like that tells me there's gonna be one Friday. Y'all, y'all gonna be no boy they ain't gonna win. I'm gonna be Lone Ranger and they're mm-hmm. gonna pop one of y'all. Well, teams. I mean, if Boyd's <laughs> your fifth or sixth best team in the district, they gotta beat somebody. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't even consider it. You know, them sneaking up on. A Plano, or if they beat like oh, Jesuit, can't. then Boyd and Plano. Right now, I'd probably take Boyd. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I mean, those are two non-playoff teams, I guess, as far as we're concerned right now. He's not a courage of his conviction. Well, that's a, well here, here's the argument. So, regarding Plano, so we haven't actually like gone out and put out our top four because every single person at this roundtable right now, Devin's off, you know, blowing his nose or taking some allergy medicine or something. We all had Plano in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Them, Prosper, and Allen were unanimous picks for yep. making the playoffs. So, does, is everybody buying into the, you know, this is the year that PISD collectively misses out, or does yeah, anybody I, still I think, think that... Yeah, don't get them. Yeah. It, I mean, four through seven is just such a... Yeah. I think three through seven. Yeah, I think yeah, Allen and Prosper yeah. are the only sure, sure things, and then West is probably... Like nothing surprising at this point. Respect yeah. in the M. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going on record. Barring injury to the quarterback... The, the only thing that would surprise me is Plano West knocking off one of these teams. Yeah. Other than that, you know, McKinney can beat Jesuit. Jesuit can beat Boyd. Boyd can beat, I don't know, East. It, it's all just... East could get but, so yeah. much better. We haven't even talked about Plano East. I mean, they're 0-3, but the promise is there. Mm-hmm. If, they, if East can ever get out of its own way, East could beat some people. Because I think they found something to do in Hayden. That kid's mm-hmm. a gamer, a quarterback. That kid can run. He gives them two weapons out of the backfield in combination with Trey Jones Scott. That defense is legit. You know, Coach uh, Red Barons and Saxe, um, you know, even though Saxe got that game last week, he came out mm-hmm. and said that, you know, that East defense is for real. You know, that's one of the mm-hmm. best defenses we've seen. They just can't get out of their own way. They can't put a half together, much less, you know, four quarters. So, you know, maybe they continue to do that and shoot mm-hmm. themselves in the foot and finish sixth or seventh. But like you said, you know, to your point, if East figures it out, then that whole mess of East Plano, Jesuit, McKinney, and Boyd, I mean, it, it's a it log may, jam it in the making. It so, may come down to. So let me get this right. Y'all basically saying that there's neither McKinney team's going to make the playoffs. No, I have. So I, anything is I, have I think one of us well, making well, it for well, sure. Well, I'm not saying with no courage of y'all conviction because yeah. like, we'll take it in. Yeah, My four. I, I'm asking you straight I up. I told you. Does the McKinney team get in the playoffs? I said earlier that the winner of McKinney and Boyd will have the four seed as far as I'm concerned right now. So it's, it's I think at least one of them gets in for yeah. sure. I don't yeah. think it's I think Alan Prosper yeah, Jesuit is skeptical I never saw I'm skeptical of the whole I'm thing, saying, yeah, but those I'm are my picks. District outside of Alan and Prosper. Yeah, outside of Alan and Prosper, it's again, yeah, what are you confident about besides Allen being the best and Prosper being the second best. Uh, we'll see you on Friday. We'll exactly. Friday. <laughs> so wait, lost in all this, Kendrick, who are you picking to win that game on Friday? We'll see. Oh come, on. oh, come on. Oh, come on. Don't do that. Who are you picking to win, Prosper or McKinney? I did my picture. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't cop out on us, Kendrick. Come on. The Who is it? Coach Shaver, this man has no confidence. That you guys Who is it, Kendrick? Come on, man. Prosper McKinney. I do all my picks. One. Just give us that one pick. Who you think's gonna win? That's all right. I, I, I think you, you've known the says it all. Yeah. <laughs> Shavers, there's your pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At Kendrick.
Denver and Johnson. <laughs> all right, so all right, so let's before we move on. Okay, let's just get our top fours out of the way. This is mm-hmm. officially where we're going when we make our district predictions yep. later on this week. Mine, Allen, Prosper, Jesuit, and McKinney. Yeah, mine's the same. Same. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Would not shock me if if Plano figures it out, but yeah, mm-hmm. Allen Prosper, Jesuit McKinney for for right now. Don't feel good about it, but, but yeah. I feel like cool. I, I, I hate that I'm already like jumping off the Boyd bandwagon because they like, have played like I feel like those two teams like who's to say that those teams don't do the same thing to McKinney that they did to yeah, Boyd. That's what you described. Louisville and Marcus. They 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 get in their own way. Like they they have talent, but they're young. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things like can they put it together consistently? I mean that's not? that's kind of where the McKinney pick comes from because they're the only team that I think oh, they're gonna put it together. has has a has a year of showing that they figured something out. Boyd doesn't have that. East doesn't have that. Plano <laughs> Plano doesn't have that with this group of individuals. So it's almost like just kind of a benefit of the doubt in coach, you know, in coach Shavers and, mm-hmm. and McKinney and kind of the pedigree from last year that, you know, out of this jumbled mess you've shown enough that you're kind of the tentative favorite. <laughs> um, so yes, Alan, Prosper, Jesuit, McKinney, Kendrick, where are you leaning? Is that your top four? Do you have Boyd in there over McKinney? Do you have any of them over there over Jesuit? McKinney in there. Okay. Jesuit has three. Jesuit's your number three? Jesuit's four. Jesuit's four. McKinney's number three. Alan, Prosper, McKinney, Jesuit for Kendrick. So McKinney might be two. If only anybody at this table had any faith in them to win that game. All right, so that is a look at 9-6-A and where we are standing heading into district play, which starts Friday. Uh, Devin, let's give you a chance to chime in on this, man. Let's talk about one of your districts. Let's talk about 10-6-A. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you're... I mean, you talk about a district that, I mean, what to make sense of what in three weeks. I mean, you know, and I mean, I think where there's a clear number one, uh, with Sassy mm-hmm. and Taylor, you've probably seen, you've seen Sassy more than I have. Yeah, with twice. Um, but I, I still think even Sassy has questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't like the quarterback rotation. Uh, I understand you know, talking to Coach Barons. Uh, you know, he said we're going to go with odd hand. We're going to go with you know whoever's feeling it at that. They could be series or series. It could be quarter to quarter. Could be game to game. I don't like the quarterback rotation. I mean, it's worked out okay for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're two and one. Uh, they beat Capel. They, they showed well against uh, Trinity too at the yeah, Cotton yeah. Bowl. They yeah. had a chance to, to, to make it, uh, you know lost by two, and obviously took care of business last week against against Plano East. Um, you know, Parker Wells, Xavier Foreman. They each bring a different skill set. They each bring a different look. It seems like they've cut Jordan Neighbors from getting any real time at quarterback, which I think was a, a possibility heading into the year. Mm-hmm. But I think they've kind of. Realized and relegated him to being, you know, slot receiver, running back at times. They'll run like a couple plays out of the Wildcat or something. But it's really the Parker Wells and Xavier Foreman show at this point. And you mentioned series, series, quarter to quarter. I mean, it's like play to play sometimes. I mean, it, like Wells will kind of lead him on a drive, and then Foreman came in. His first two passes were touchdowns against East, and he hadn't like played at all. And then he came in, you know, from like the 15 yard line in the red zone or whatever, and threw a touchdown pass and threw another one, kind of in a similar situation. Although I think he led more of that drive. But yeah, it's. It's it's two headed for sure. I mean, it's it's weird. It's it's going to be, I think, up in the air. I don't know if they're going to have a Derrick Rose moment mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, and, and I thought if they did, it would be Jordan Neighbors. Yeah, um, because again, in that opener against Coppell, uh, when both uh, Wells and Foreman were struggling, mm-hmm. uh, they put in Neighbors, and he did. I mean, yeah. play quarterback for two drives, and they marched down the field and scored yeah. touchdowns on both. Um, really haven't used him since. Now, granted, like you say, uh, he's tied for the team lead in receptions. Yeah. Uh, they're going to find ways to get it yeah. the ball in his hands. Um, you know, and I think their defense is solid. 
I yeah. mean, across the board. Uh, you know, they they kept Trinity in check. They got a defensive line like they always do. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. that's you know it starts there in high school. Yeah, and their secondary is young, but they, mm-hmm. they got they got guys that are figuring it out. Um, it's just what to make of it after Saxy that's is mm-hmm. really confusing. You know, Rowlett. It's hard to say that there's positives that come out of a fifty-five to thirty-four loss, but <laughs> even if they were playing catch-up, mm-hmm. they did get some oh, offense yeah. going. Offense I mean, definitely is, found something there in the second half. I, I mean, mean, this is a team that got their only score against Prosper was a defensive score. And they were shut out against Rockwell until the fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. they were down fifty to nothing. Yeah. So any kind of semblance of an offense coming together, um, you know, I, I guess Alex Rout threw for you know two hundred fifteen mm-hmm. yards and, and and three touchdowns, rushed for over hundred yards. So it was good to see him. Oh yeah. You know, just kind of, you know, just that whole unit just trying to build some confidence. You know, their defense. You know, it's they, they, they just had a tough time handling them up front. And when yeah. I mentioned Plano's offensive line showing signs of improvement, that was the big the big thing that really opened up that offense. I do like with Rowlett, though, just those two receivers. Yeah. Antonio Holland, uh, Trayvon King. I think those, they, you know, when they try to get those two in space, they can really do some some impressive things. And Antonio Hull had a 68-yard touchdown where he was a good five yards ahead of the defensive back. There was talent there in the skill positions for sure. Um, yeah, but it's just kind of how they fare in the trenches. That was a little bit alarming on uh, on Friday. Well, what about the Lakeview Patriots? They also this you know what? It depends on which. Is it seven zero? Is that is it the defense or the offense? I saw the score. Yeah, seven nothing. The, the, the rare scoreless going into overtime game against Berkner last week. Uh, but wow. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I had not heard I about saw that. Scores, right? but, but, but Tamar Wheaton didn't play, and that's uh, is that the legs you stood? I, I heard of. He, he's the number one ranked okay. running back in the country okay. for 2021 by 2024 Sports. I, know uh, I mean, he's, he's why hasn't he played? Does anyone know? Banged up apparently. I mean, hmm. I, I don't. You know, he played one week. I mean, but. And again, it's, it's sad to say that one player can dictate a pr- prediction or projection um, in terms, but Kamar Wheaton, I think, mm-hmm. is that important, <laughs> especially in this district yeah. where, I mean, I, there's not a dominant team. You don't have an Allen yeah. or, or mm-hmm. one of these, a Longview or Rockwall that's just so far ahead and shoulders above the rest that it doesn't matter who you have. Mm-hmm. I think a player like him is a difference between them finishing second and contending for the district crown or them possibly missing the playoffs. Wow. As you saw last week with the, you know, against Burtner. Um, and you know, the week four they lost to a North Mesquite team that's that's solid but you know not world beaters. Yeah. And they got beat thirty three to fourteen. Wow. So it's hard I mean, but you can go that you can go down every team in this district pretty much and just kind of scratch your head. I mean, North Carlin's off to a 3-0 start. You know, they were kind of a dark horse coming in. Uh, the deepest they've been in years, the most experienced they've had mm-hmm. in years. But when you look, you know, they beat Frisco Liberty, Irving, mm-hmm. Newman Smith. Creepy beat so Frisco not exactly Liberty. A, so a, a murderer's <laughs> row. You know, Garland. A couple winless teams in that. Yeah, yeah I mean, Gar- Garland was, you know, they, they had a good freshman team last year. They, you know, bringing those guys up. They're off to 2-1 start. But again, Irving, Richardson, the one good team they played was Ray City and they got beat. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, it's just across the board. South Carolina's one and two. They beat Molina, um, <laughs> and and then you got you know te- teams in transition. Naming Force is zero and three. Um, you know they've scored seven points in three in three games or um, in three games. They had mm-hmm. seven, one touchdown total. Uh, you know, Bradlett sitting there at zero and three. Wiley's at zero and three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's just what to make uh, of these because it's not. Sax is going to win the district, Sachs, but it's not a. It's not a like, vote of like Sax is great. I mean, it's, I, mean I, I think Saxy's fine. I mean, I'd say yeah, Saxy's fine, and I think Saxy has the potential to be a lot yeah. better in week ten yeah. than they are right now yeah. uh, because they do have some young kids and they do have athletes across the board yeah. out there. Uh, outside of that. They was like, what do we do with this? <laughs> so 10-6-8, do they win a playoff game? 
basically just Saxy win a playoff game. I, you know, Saxy's who, who who would they get matched up with in, in y'all's projection? Oh, there. let's see then. So if it's Prosper, yeah. probably that, Prosper. Way, way yeah. too early bowl predictions. Yeah, it'll probably be Prosper. Yep. And I do not yeah. see that going well for them at this moment. And, 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 yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a, an incredibly tough matchup. Um, yeah, outside of that, it, that would be it would be tough to see Ten Six A coming out at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. I know you're going to ask me, so I'll go ahead and give it to you. I, I think early on, I had. I have it written down right. Okay. Yeah, your initial projections had Saxy, Rowlett, Lake Centennial, and Wiley as the top four. So I got my Patriots up in there. Has that changed at all as we sit here three weeks and into the season? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? <laughs> and they were gone. And I'm, I'm basing this on Kamar Wheaton being available and playing yeah. um, going forward. Um, I still, I mean, obviously, Saxy, I have winning the district. Uh, assuming everybody's healthy, I have Lakeview. Second, okay. I, just, I think they have enough good athletes on both sides of the, uh, and, and obviously a, a true difference maker. I still have Rowlett at third. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think their offense will come around. I think they'll develop, and they have the pedigree. You know, they haven't missed the playoffs since 2005. And uh, I have North Garland um, nudging Wiley out of that fourth spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even though they haven't played the strongest competition, I do like what Joe Castillo has been doing with that program over the years and slowly getting better. I mean, they went six and four last year, um, and and was. Tied with Wiley late in the game before you know Wiley scored a uh, Rashad Dixon, their outstanding quarterback, scored in the final minute, and that was the difference in the playoffs. Um, they don't have Rashad Dixon this year. You know Wiley, um, and they played close. They, I mean, they played Preston Wood close. Uh, took Rockwall Heath to overtime, which at the mm-hmm. time no one really thought anything much of. Yeah. But now it's maybe a different story. Worse result in hindsight. And then they, they got thumped pretty good by the Jesuit last week. Yeah. And Wiley is a team that tends to uh, peak later in the season. But uh, no, right, 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 right now I, I got North Carolina as my fourth team, my fourth team out of that district. Okay, that is a look at uh, District 96A and 106A. We'll touch on 116A and 66A in just a moment. But first, actually going to shift to 5A for the student athlete spotlight. Brian, you went out to Frisco. Uh, the Raccoons off to a surging start under new head coach Jeff Harbert. And one of the big reasons why is uh, look at this passing game that uh, Frisco's got going on. Uh, quarterback Kari Green, who has uh, got the Raccoons off to a great start. Brian, talk with Kari on on his his season and how Frisco's fared up to this point. We will see what he had to say after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, I'm here with Kari Green, quarterback here at Frisco High School. And Kari, y'all are 3-0 to start the year, man. What's... What's been the recipe to the success so far, and what, what's kind of what's kind of been gelling for the Raccoons this season? I mean, all I say is when we like when we come out to practice, I was like, or like before a game, I go out and say, do your job and do it well, which I got from Belichick, the head coach for Patriots. I take that into consideration, saying like, just do your job and like everything will be fine. Do your job and do it well. So Belichick, are you a Patriots fan? No, no, no. I just like I just like that saying. Yes, I'm a Seattle fan. You're a Seattle Seahawks fan. Why? Uh, why is that? So I'm assuming you like Russell Wilson. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a big. He's a big impact. How? So how much of his game do you try and, you know, you being a quarterback, how much of his game do you try and model your yours after? A lot. Everything. Everything. I try. I look at everything he does. Like I watch him all the time, and it's like all his checkdowns, like everything that he does, like and like and even off the field. So. Now you haven't always been a quarterback. You've played a lot of positions. 
uh, you were quarterback in middle school, and you've kind of bounced around. You know, tell me a little bit about you know some of the other positions you've played and how you got to becoming the the starting varsity quarterback here at Frisco. Well, I played linebacker at first, like my sophomore year of varsity, and receiver. And then, uh, I one day I asked the coach, I was like, "Can I drop a QB?" And he was like, "Yeah, we'll give you a shot." So I got that shot. Now, when was that? When did you when did you approach him about the the position? Uh, probably like like the fifth game. I was like, cause I was like, I was like, we can we can really use a quarterback that can throw and run the ball and do all that. Now, it certainly helps having a lot of the weapons you have. I, I mean, I could list so many names: Blake May, Bryson Clemens, and you know, on and on and on. How much easier is your job? You know, with guys like that uh, on the offense as well. Well, I know they'll put 100 percent on the field. Like, I know they'll put everything they got on the field, and they. So they, I know they got my back, and I got theirs. So they're really tight friends. What has been, you know, some of the difficulties in making that transition? You know, to being the starting quarterback. Well, it took a lot of like composure and like being confident. Because at first, I was a sophomore, and they're all junior, like seniors and older than me. So. Uh, I really had to step up and like mature quick. Yeah, how did this team embrace you? You know, you know stepping into stepping into your new role. You know, so, as a sophomore last year, how did how did some of the older guys kind of embrace you? Oh, maybe become a better leader, like and be more out and be more like myself instead of being all like shy and like not knowing anybody. Now, this year's team is throwing the ball a lot more than you know other Frisco teams that have thrown the ball in the past. Uh, with the wing T offense and whatnot. Last week, you know, y'all threw the ball, or y'all had more passing yards than rushing yards for the first time in a game since like 2013. You know, what has been, you know, the main reason for that? Well, I, the coaches trusted me that I can make the catch, make the throw, and they know the receiver can catch. And so, like, we just worked over, like a lot on passing and throwing this, this year. So. Now, making state in seven on seven last year for the first time in program history. How much of that, you know, has been a factor in in, in y'all's team now here in the, in the regular season here in the fall? Well, that made us tighter and like really like really tight as friends and like knowing like like knowing where we'll be at. So uh, like we've been throwing a lot, so I know like where they'll be at and like. Yeah. Now, do y'all feel like, you know, heading into district play, y'all y'all already started this past week, got a big win. Uh, over over Braswell, uh, do y'all feel like since y'all started three and zero, and you know other teams, you know, have already picked up some losses this year? You know, Lovejoy, Reedy, you know, Lake Dallas, you know, other teams that were in the mix last year. Do y'all feel like y'all are, you know, the front runners right now, or how are y'all kind of looking, you know, at the at the grand scheme of things heading into you know the heat of district play? Well, coaches just tell me to take it one game at a time, so can't really say anything about that. So like I say, I know we're gonna win a lot of games, but I just don't really think about it. I take one game at a time. Thanks again to Kyrie Green for chatting with Brian for the Student Athlete Spotlight. We have since dismissed Brian Murphy and Kendrick Johnson from the round two because they don't have to make predictions for either of these last two districts. I don't know if Kendrick would anyway now. Yeah. <laughs> now Let's see. We uh, So we talked 9-6-A and 10 uh, 6 on the first half of the podcast. Let's get to 6-6-A and 11-6-A, starting with the former. Uh, Taylor, you and I participated in the 6-6-A preview podcast. Our predictions way back when, I went with Hebron, Flower Mound, Marcus, and Louisville as my top four yep. in that order. You went with Flower Mound, Hebron, Marcus, and Capel in that mm-hmm. order. Um, I will say straight off, I'm already changing one. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm not... 
the, those four teams, I think, are still the four teams that make it. Um, despite Capel's impressive showing last week against Allen, um, you know, you can definitely see some signs of competitiveness out of mm-hmm. Capel, if nothing else. I mean, their losses of all their two losses have been by a combined like what ten points, I think. They lost mm-hmm. by three to Saxe, right, yeah. and then by seven to Allen. They um, they did have to scrape and claw <coughs> to hold off uh, LD Bell though and whatnot. So they've been. I mean, it's it's a young team. So you've seen the expected you know peaks and valleys of uh, of youth and inexperience, but you still do see some promise with Anthony Black, their stud wide receiver, who's looked um, who's definitely fit the uh, all that preseason hype that he was garnering. And um, you know their defense has shown well too. I mean, even though uh, you know the uh, Allen was you know wasn't rolling out its full arsenal, still to force four turnovers against a program like that, yeah. um, including one against. I mean, they picked off their old quarterback Drew Sinaglia twice in uh, in that close loss. Um, but at the end of the day, I just I feel just still a little bit better about how um, how much more fortified those top uh, those other yep. four programs are at the top of the district. I am bumping Louisville up to third. Yeah. I, uh, there's two things that have happened with Louisville since we spoke, um, as far as seeing how they've played out. That um, I'm feeling a bit feeling a bit better about is, and they're on the offensive side of the ball. And this is how the quarterback situation yeah. has resolved itself. You know, we mentioned um, back in the preview podcast that one of the names in the mix for that starting quarterback job was Taylor Green, who transferred from Allen in the offseason. Taylor Green, who was probably in line to be the quarterback for Allen next year after Raylan Sharp graduates, um, but he has, you know, he won the starting job at Louisville, and he is off to a terrific start. And then they've also got a nice boost at um, at wide receiver. You know, a lot of the talk coming in was uh, about Armand. Winfield and all the mm-hmm. buzz that he had picked up with being recruited by some of the top programs in the country, you know, is just heading into his sophomore year, and he's been spectacular so far. You know, 16 catches, 205, and, and uh, two touchdowns. They've also got a huge boost, though, from Isaiah Stevens, who comes in, uh, who's leading the team in all three receiving categories. 19 catches, 306 yards, seven touchdowns, more than 16 yards per catch. So just that added dynamic to their offense, you know, coupled with a, with a very steady running game, um, you know, between Damian Martinez Ben McAfee, Taylor Green's a threat to move the ball with his legs as well. Um, I, uh, I'm feeling a bit higher on the Louisville yeah. offense than I did heading into the season, coupled with what they have back on defense. Yep. I think I like them to finish third in this district right now. Yep. What were mine? Mine were uh, Flower Mound, Hebron. Let's start there. Yeah, with Flower Mound and Hebron. As I mean, with um, nothing changed. Nothing three off the set nope. last week with the prosper performance. No, nope. I think that. Clearly something's up with that matchup. Mm-hmm. Clearly something's up. It is, it is so is, weird how that works just, out. It's really strange. And the same thing happened last year. Yeah. I mean, they got their teeth kicked in by Prosper last year and then went on to win the district. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not off Flower Mound and how talented that team is because they got beat by Prosper. One, because I think Prosper is legit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Prosper's shown more than enough to, you know, just earn in its own right just being that caliber of team. Yeah. And two, like I said, it happened last year. You know, this same story played out last year. Flower Mound went on to beat everybody else and, and everything was fine. Um, and Hebron, you know, at the same time, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that they're like completely, you know, throwing me off with, with their, their non-district schedule. That Arlington Martin game was weird as yeah. hell. <laughs> I, I feel I, that's a game Hebron should have won. That, that game was really strange. Throw that one out. But, you know, Fossil Ridge... 21-7. Not a bad program. Here's the thing with the Fossil Ridge thing. Okay, so they played them twice last year. Yeah. They played them in non-district, lost to them in non-district, mm-hmm. then rematched them in the playoffs, beat them. Yep. But both times, Hebron only scored 17 points. Yeah. So clearly something so about that Fossil Ridge defense. Thing, yeah, for all the talent that Hebron has. Essentially, essentially nothing's really happened with those two teams to make me mm-hmm. not con- – they're still the two best teams in 6-6-A. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm not ready to, you know – 
come off flower mound as the as the best team in 66a um you know maybe it happens i don't know but those two are clearly i think in in kind of a tier by themselves they'll be fine um I think Marcus still a postseason team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to put Louisville in. You know, Louisville over Coppell. You know, that was the decision, you know, that, that I made um, to put Coppell in in the first place, just kind of the pedigree um, and, and the streak and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, Louisville has shown me a lot and has shown enough and I think shown better than Coppell, um, you know, in the non <coughs> slate that they've had to – to jump in and, and be a postseason team, and I'm kind of with you. I think they're probably better than Marcus. Yeah. You know, I think I I might even take Louisville from five all the way up to three. You know, based on what I've seen, that wouldn't shock me at all. So, pretty much the same, I think, for both of us, except that that I'm dropping Coppell out and, and putting the Farmers in there. I think that I think they're for real. It is curious how Hebert has yet to have that just breakout showing though from the yeah. offense with all of the continuity and yep. talent that they do. Uh, that they did bring back from last season. Um, I still like their just their overall ceiling a bit yeah. more than I do flower mounds, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. You know, lost in the uh, all the hubbub about that uh, that insane game with Arlington Martin was that you know head coach Brian Brazel said that first half was maybe the, the best defensive yeah. half that he has ever seen Hebron play under him. I mean, they held Martin to, to negative thirty <laughs> yards. Yeah. Uh, they just couldn't get things right with special teams. Game and was stupid. Protecting the ball and they were down twenty four zero at the half as a result. But yeah. you know. Nothing to do with it with the uh, with the defense, and you know you imagine that with Carson Harris, Isaiah Broadway, Jalen Lott, the talent that they have on offense, that they will they will come around and find their groove in in no time and whatnot. So the performance against Plano was it was one where they just they didn't have to break a sweat really. They were granted yep. so many short fields, kept on scoring, um, and then with yeah. So the Martin one was what it was, and then you know as we alluded to, you know perhaps the Fossil Ridge thing is just more of a traditionally yeah. tricky matchup for Could them be. given how they've played against that team in the past. But I still like them to win the district. Um, you know Flower mound really close behind and then like I said I don't think it would shock either of (coughs) however those two teams finish Mm -hmm. you know you have Hebron as number one I don't think you'd be shocked if Flower Mound wins the district same thing for me I wouldn't be shocked if Hebron wins the district yeah should be a fun one though yeah there's like there could be a you know a lot of uh it's one of those districts that's competitive and good which is the best kind to cover Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of competitive like 75A division two is going to be competitive this year but that's not a good district. Those teams aren't very good. But you know what I mean? Like it's fun to cover a district that's competitive and full of parity, but also the teams are good in the in the broader scope. Well, the thing within uh, within that A team district, though, I uh, I don't know if I foresee any of the Irving teams posing a uh, sneaking <laughs> yeah. up on anybody yeah. like they did almost last year. There was we'll McCarthy, the top MacArthur almost got Capel last year. Yeah. Nimitz almost got Marcus. I just saw Nimitz last week. They lost to Creekview. Yeah. Um, you know, they've their non district results have been a little bit discouraging as far as their ability to show that they might be yeah. able to play spoiler at any juncture of the uh, of the six six A schedule. So um, yes, that's where we are at right now with District six six A. Uh, Devin, let's close this out and let's uh, let's chime in on what is shaping up to be a fascinating race over in District 11 6A. So, um, yeah, I mean, you talk about parity and quality teams. I mean, I think you have that at 11 6A. Um, four of the seven teams are undefeated. Um, there's four total losses. That's good. That's four, four total losses, and half of those are to Highland Park. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I mean, there's teams, and again, they, obviously they play different varying le- levels of uh, difficulty, but, uh, you know, Mesquite's 3 0 for the first time since uh, 2012. Uh, had a chance to see them. Uh, get a little shaky in the first half. Let, that had you know, to be West frustrating hang game. around, but once they. You know, put yeah. their gas on the you know, put on the gas. It was pretty much done. Uh, Dylan Hillard McGill, uh, dual threat guy, uh, showed his wheels. He had a oh, yeah. seven yard touchdown.
touchdown run. Uh, Darius Turner uh, didn't play much in the first half. Uh, they're outstanding running back. Uh, they they used a lot of different guys, which is is good going forward because Ladarius Turner is capable of being one of those you know twenty five carry a night uh, night guy. But he also he's a speedster, mm-hmm. and so if they can you know keep him in a rotation to where he's getting you know fifteen touches as opposed to wearing him down in the fourth quarter, he was lethal in the third quarter yeah. on that on that game on that decisive drive. Uh, Jadarian Smith, the fastest player on the team, uh, showed why that was really the play of the game against Plano West when when West had cut it to twenty four to twenty one right before halftime. Yeah. They got the momentum and, and Jadarian Smith takes the kickoff back 97 yards for a touchdown and it was all mesquite in the second half. So, you know, Mesquite off to a tremendous uh, start. North Mesquite uh, bounces back uh, after a, a tough loss in the opener. They've been beating Lakeview and Pascal. Uh, they're 2-1. and one. Uh, Kamari Thompson's done a good job at quarterback. Torian Smith is a guy, he's a senior, uh, but really wasn't on my radar mm-hmm. as far as seeing them play. Um, he has a fumble return for a touchdown, an interception return for a touchdown, but he, he's, he plays both ways. He's also their leading receiver. Uh, three touchdown passes last week. I mean, it's just a guy who's just come on strong and made plays. Uh, Samuel Inyang uh, leads the team. He's averaging nine yards a carry. Well, he's also one of their top defensive backs. <laughs> so North Mesquite's, you know, kind of at a necessity because they're not as deep as some other 6A programs mm-hmm. are. But not only are they having to play guys both ways, but they're getting their guys to make plays on both sides of the ball, which is uh, a really good sign early on. You know, again, Horn they had a tough one last week against Cedar Hill. Um, That's Cedar a very Hill. angry Cedar Hill team. Uh, after two really tough losses yeah. against top, you know, state-ranked competition, but uh, you know, Horn, they're skill guys. Horn's going to be fine uh, when it's all said and done. But then, you, I mean, you, again, you look kind of across that other, the rest of the district, Rockwall. I mean, they're two and one. Uh, you know, we it was. But it, still, man, <laughs> how, how did how did Bray, how would the sophomore quarterback yeah. Braden Lock how he transitioned? Three games, twelve hundred thirty-two yards and thirteen touchdowns. Wow. Yeah, yeah you that know, is you, amazing. You, and you mentioned obviously it helps when you have Jackson Smith and Jigba yeah, to throw sure. to twenty-four catches, five hundred fifty-eight yards, and seven <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, and and he's probably sitting out the second half of a lot of these games. Yeah. I know he gets Rowlett. He took the second half off. Um, you know, Longview, the defending state champions. You know, if you look on Twitter, I, I follow their um, their football team. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you would have just read their Twitter feed, you know, thoughts this week. Another penalty. Oh, and there's another turnover. You never know they won 42 nothing. But right. so goes when you have that kind of standard. Um, you know, they they held off Lufkin in a I rivalry around, game. man. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, um, they they held off Lufkin in a rivalry game, 24-21 in the opener. And uh, Marshall, John Tyler, they outscored them 95 nothing since. And then a couple teams that not much was talked about before the, the season started. Rockwell Heath, uh, who had his new co- a new coach in Mike Spradlin. Well, they've hit the ground running. Uh, they're 3-0. and uh, They handled Keller Timber Creek in the opener, 38-10. Solid win there. Uh, Wiley, they did go to two overtimes with them, but and then they beat Richland. Uh, they have a sophomore quarterback, Josh Hoover, uh, who's completing 75% of his passes for 782 yards and eight touchdowns. So, I mean, promising start to this season, certainly for Heath. And then Tyler Lee, the team that's kind of been getting its footing, trying to. Uh, they're off to a 3-0 start. You know, they play the East Texas competition out there, so it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to gauge because we don't see those teams play uh, common opponents. Uh, they beat Marshall. Uh, they beat John Tyler. Both teams that Longview beat as well, but Longview, again, they outscored those two teams 95 nothing. Yeah. whereas Tyler Lee, they were closer games, uh, and then they beat a, a Nacogdoches team last, uh, last week. But 
you know, for pretty much every team in this district, there's a lot of reasons to be coming in with confidence. There's a lot of reasons to believe that they can be one of those four playoff teams. Uh, they, they've all built momentum in some form or fashion, and it should be should be a really fun district. I have a, uh, I was just looking up a, a Jackson Smith and Jigba stat. Like, oh, no. <laughs> his, his, all right, so his, their first, uh, first game of the season against Highland Park, he had 13 catches for 311 yards and three touchdowns. We, um, I don't, I don't want to kick, you know, Plano ISD anymore while they're already down, as we already said. We're, I think they're all going to miss the playoffs and whatnot. But I went back to last season and wanted to see what Plano's leading wide receiver had for the entire year. Their leading wide receiver had 20 catches for 301 yards and two <laughs> touchdowns. So he topped them yardage-wise and touchdown-wise in one game. In one game. <laughs> just to put in, in perspective just how incredible this kid is. And it's like you said, Dad, like maybe the best pound-for-pound pound player in the state. And, yeah, hey, maybe I'll get to see him in the postseason against Allen again. Yeah. It was a joy to watch that kid do his thing last year. Um, so as far as your, I guess, your uh, your preseason picks, as far as where you thought this, this, uh, this district was going to shake out, you had Longview first, Rockwall second. First off, do you feel like that's still the order? Has Rockwall shown enough to where maybe they could threaten Longview a bit this time? Uh, I think or? Rockwall's going to beat Longview. There you I, go. You know, here's what I think. I think Rockwall beats Longview because mm-hmm. they play in the opening week of district. Okay. Um, and next week. They don't start for another week in, in, in 11-6A. I still think Longview goes further in the playoffs because I think Longview, you know, a senior quarterback at Haynes King, they, they've been there, done that. They're the defending mm-hmm. state champions. Um, I just think playing that early in district, mm-hmm. um, Rockwell is just so explosive. And I, I they, they're firing on all cylinders right now. Um, it's a shootout. I mean, you know, Rockwell, yeah. their one loss was to Highland Park, 66-59. I think that bites them sometime in the playoffs when they get into a shootout where they can't slow, slow anybody down. I think Longview can do that in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But as far as, yeah, as far as the district, I, I think Rockwall, it, it, it was 42-35 last year. Yeah. And Longview scored in the fourth quarter, and that was the difference. Um, the way Rockwall's office is rolling at this point, I think, again, I think they get Longview in that opener um, before Longview starts kind of rounding into form, playoff form mm-hmm. late in the season. Uh, so I do think Longview makes the longer playoff run, but I think Rockwall wins that game and wins a district championship. And then you had your uh, your last two were, uh, actually, you basically took the Horn versus Mesquite matchup and said the winner of that game is getting the third seed and the loser is getting the four seed. So if I have to ask Lee, like, I know we're putting a little bit of the, you know, the cart before the horse, so to speak, but who do you foresee winning that game and who is who would be your third seed right now between those two or somebody else? Maybe Lee, maybe Heath, whoever? Well, unlike some one of our colleagues, I'll go ahead and answer the question. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, at this point in time, I think Mesquite beats Horn. Um, I think Horn has a little bit of an edge in the skill of the skill position, but Mesquite has enough playmakers. Also, uh, you know, last year Mesquite kicked a field goal as time expired to yeah. win twenty to seventeen. Uh, and I think this year's game um, will be a little bit more high scoring. And again, they play in the district opener as well, so you know, it's, it's right around the corner for these two teams. Um, you know, we, we talked about you know Lee and Heath and even North Mesquite getting off to good starts. It's a different level of competition that yeah. they face. I think they're certainly going to be more competitive, and I think they're certainly going to fa- factor in. And neither one, especially Mesquite or, or Horn, uh, they can't afford to have a slip up against one of those teams because mm-hmm. that's, that could be huge. I mean, you know, tiebreakers are always an issue mm-hmm. in this district, it seems like. And it's always, you know, we're calculate point differential here and whatnot. Um, but at this point in time, I, I do I do think Mesquite is just a touch better defensively than Horn, and so I give them the the slight edge to finish third with Horn taking fourth. Um, you know, again, I think 
Tyler Lee Rockwell, he's going to skeet. There's plenty of reasons for optimism, but I'd like to. I, I need to see them prove it mm-hmm. once district's place, so, you know, get started. And there you have it. Those are our uh, our official playoff predictions for our <laughs> four six eight districts. God, I hate doing this. It's so it. tough, man. <laughs> see y'all in November. So yeah, we will. Uh, yeah, we will see how it all shakes out in the uh, in the weeks to come. Should be fun though, if nothing else. Yeah. I feel like we've set ourselves up to where it's going to be very fascinating to see how these races unfold with this closely knit as some of these races at least appear to be on paper. Now we'll see what happens. But uh, yes, that is currently where we stand three weeks into the season, heading into district play, uh, and that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back on Thursday with our uh, our usual uh, preview podcast centered on our uh, our game of the week. You can go to the website at starlocalmedia.com to vote for one of the uh, the five candidates. And yeah, we'll preview that game plus some other big ones in our area on Thursday. Otherwise, folks, this has been Matt Welch. Appreciate Taylor, Devin, Brian, Kendrick, the whole the whole band for tagging along on this one. Long episode and whatnot. But uh, yes, folks, you enjoy your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.